Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Have you ever been in a parade? Maybe a 4th of July parade or Memorial Day parade? Or at least you've seen a parade, the Thanksgiving Day parade, or, or perhaps the Tournament of Roses parade. When I was a youngster, I played baritone saxophone, which is almost the largest of all the saxophones. It's this big, and because I was a big kid, they gave me the baritone to play in the high school band. And so I got the opportunity to march in a number of parades. One of the most significant for me was the inaugural, inaugural parade for Richard M. Nixon when he first became president. That was very interesting. We marched down Pennsylvania Avenue, and it was a real thrill for me. But just think about what it would take to stop a parade like that, to stop the cadence and the momentum forward. What would it be like? It would take something very major, I think, to stop a parade like that, wouldn't it? But essentially, that is what happened in today's gospel lesson. Because here we find Jesus and his band of disciples heading for Jerusalem, where he will be ushered into the city in a triumphal procession. They will shout hosannas to the son of David, and it'll be a grand event, a grand procession, all leading up to his ultimate confrontation with the religious and civil authorities of his day. And in the middle of this, Jesus simply stops. He becomes still, the gospel says. There's very few places in the gospel where it's not some action, but right at this moment, Jesus becomes still. He stops the march of time to deal with a blind beggar on the side of the road, Bartimaeus, to heal him of his infirmity and to bring him back to wholeness of life. To salvation. Well, Jesus is always doing that. It's, it's very frustrating for the rest of us who are always uh, trying to get somewhere, always trying to keep to a schedule, even our schedule for the church. We're always trying to be active, going, heading in the right direction, but Jesus always stops to attend to the individual, even at the cost of every other aspect of his saving procession. There's a heartwarming story that some of you may know by Martin Bell called the Ragtag Army. In the story, God is always having to stop to bring along some part of the church, which he has named the Ragtag Army, that has wandered off. One is over here playing with a frog, and a couple of others are chasing a butterfly, and there are others holding hands together and dancing in a circle, and God is trying to to bring them all together, but he's willing to stop the march of time to bring every last one of his children into his kingdom with him, and he won't go on without them. That is what is happening to my mind in the encounter between Jesus and Barnabas. As he heads towards Jerusalem through Jericho, the blind beggar calls to him as he walks by, and shouts, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. 
Many, possibly even the disciples, rebuked the beggar. We don't have time for you. We can't, we hear them say, we're not going to let things that are unimportant stop us. Who are you, a beggar, to ask anything of us? But Jesus stops, becomes still, and says, call, him, call to him. And when Bartimaeus comes, he asks, what do you want of me? Which seems like a, a sort of an obtuse question in a, in a way. Here's an obviously blind man having to beg on the street, and he's standing in front of Jesus. But Jesus always likes to have people say what they need. He likes to have us confess, I think, our need to him. And so the blind man says, Rabboni, Rabbi, teacher, let me see again. Go, says Jesus, your faith has made you well. And immediately Bartimaeus could see and followed him. What is supremely ironic here is that even though Bartimaeus is blind, in his blindness he can still understand, he can still see who Jesus is. He understands the divinity of Jesus. He understands that Jesus is the Messiah. So Jesus stops the procession moving towards Jerusalem. He stops to heal this one lone individual. And by that, he is teaching his disciples. He's always teaching his disciples all the way along, I think, with everything he does, every healing. There's a message there for the disciples and the future church. The church at its best has always tried to emulate Jesus who heals one soul at a time. That is, as the good shepherd who will leave the 99 and go and search until his, he brings back the one lost sheep, brings that lost sheep home. That's what the church is still about. But do we believe in the church that will do that? I know that the church is not always what we think it should be. And the church folk are not always what we could be. Someone once phrased it this way, to live above with the saints I love, that would be a glory. But to live below with the saints I know, that's a different story. The church has never been and never will be the kingdom. There will always be some aspects about it that will be disappointing to us. But Jesus loved his band of disciples, and I believe Jesus loves the church, the church at large and this church of St. James's. The church is us, the extended body of Christ, and even during the times in which we seem lost, we must love the church too. There's a great story I heard from someone at one point, I can no longer remember who told me this story, but it, it made a, an impression on me. It was about a Palestinian Baptist church in Israel that has a special way of celebrating the Lord's Supper together. When they come together, when they come in through the door, each member brings a handful of, of grain of wheat. 
It comes from their own fields, and they have labored long to cultivate it. As they enter the church, they pour their grain into a common pot. When they've all arrived, and while the worship is beginning to take place, the pot is taken to the kitchen where someone quickly grinds the wheat into a stone mill, mixes in water and salt, and kneads the flour into a loaf. It is then put into an oven and baked. By the time the congregation moves into the celebration, the part of the liturgy of the Lord's Supper, and, is, and the breaking of bread, the loaf is ready. As a portion is put into the hands of each parishioner, he or she is sharing some of the grain of every other member of the congregation. When asked why they did this, one member said, as individual seeds, we are alone and separate from each other. Only when we are broken, broken into flour and baked together, can we experience full, the full fellowship of the body of Christ. I think that is very, very profound. Only when we are broken into flour and baked together can we experience the full fellowship. This isn't a new idea. Cyril, the Bishop of Alexandria, Egypt, in 444 wrote, in order that we ourselves may be joined together and be blended into unity with God and one another, for by one body that is his own, blessing through the mystery of the Eucharist those who believe in him, Jesus makes us the same body with himself and with one another. I think there is truth, great truth in that for every church in those words. We are all members one of another. It doesn't particular, particularly matter to God if we agree with one another. We know we don't all agree with one another. It doesn't even matter if we don't, if we don't really like each other ultimately. We are broken and mixed together like the grains of wheat for communion bread. We share the sacrifice of our Lord, and nothing is more unifying than that is. It all depends on how ready we are to bear the cross. As Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and cup their cross and follow me. In this case, it is Bartimaeus who reaches out, but Jesus again extends the call. In fact, we hear the word over and over again in this gospel of Jesus making a call. When Jesus notices his pleas, of the pleas of Bartimaeus, he says to the disciples, call him over here. And so they call the blind man, take heart, they say. He's calling you, go see him. After Bartimaeus has responded to Jesus' call, he did not simply go back to his old life, but as the gospel says, he followed Jesus on the way. The way has always been known as the path for any individual, any person who desires to be Jesus' disciples. We are following his way. We want to do things the way he did things. We want to live in this world the way he lived in the world. We are his disciples, his followers on the way. And Bartimaeus is an example of this for us.
Now from this story, Jesus moves on very quickly in the story to his entry into Jerusalem. And as you all know, this began to happen quite quickly after that. The other disciples desert him and he goes through his trial and crucifixion and ultimate resurrection. But through all that, Bartimaeus followed him. I believe he was there at the foot of the cross. He followed him on the way, and so do we. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.